Hey, this is Billy Smiley of Whiteheart. And this is John Schlitter-Petra, and we are part of the, the Union, Union of, of Sinners, Sinners and Saints. Saints. Welcome back to the Frequency Podcast, everyone. I'm here with Joe Brookhouse in Portland, and we're just catching up. We've been actually talking for uh, 33 minutes before we hit the record button. That's right. Um, because it's the only time we get to uh, check in and talk other than Google Hangouts from time to time, Yeah. Um, which gets sparse every once in a while. Um, I feel bad when we don't talk, Joe. It's almost like we're... we're um, extended family. I, We've known each other for five years. Well, I know. I, I, I noticed, I noticed like if we go, this sounds really pathetic, but I noticed like if it's been like a day and a half or two days since we've like exchanged an, a message or something and I'm like, I hope he's okay. I hope he knows that he's still my friend and that we're on, you know, <laughs> it's uh it's kind of pathetic that way, but it's, you know, we've been ramping up for Easter. I know you have been and it, mm -hmm. shoot, man, it's been busy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And the funny thing is, in all the busyness, I finally hit, after Good Friday, hit Saturday, um, you know, sort of sort of was able to slow down a bit. Sunday morning was done. And then Sunday afternoon, I was able to actually sit down and listen to your last uh, recording and interview uh, with Nine Lashes. Oh, cool, um, cool. And I, and, and I say that because Unfortunately, we we put content out there, but the last thing you want to do is listen to yourself. Number one, and you are not kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And then on top of that, uh, to spend fourteen, twenty eight, thirty eight, whatever the episode uh, is, in listening to your own stuff, I'd rather listen to stuff that we want to share. So we're always moving forward. We never look back. Um, but I did sit down and and not only listen to that episode, uh, which was great, by the way, um, Thanks. Be because of the episode and because of, uh, what they shared about changing genres, so to speak, and trying to be more, um, I guess, experimental with their music, um, endeavors. I listened to the album and yeah, it was not hard, hardcore rock. Like it was definitely pop and it was, um, Definitely uh, sneaking in dubstep and dance, um, EDM, electronic dance music. All those genres were sort of intermixed. I did hear some guitar and there was some good worshipful stuff too. But it was interesting to hear uh, a totally different type of genre to the point where my EDM-loving dubstep recording son, who's 14. Beatty Mac. Um, yeah. yeah, Beatty Mac. Yeah. Um, he's... Like he's the kid that just bought his own uh, producer version of FL Studio, be, be, which is a music composition and production software uh, specifically for that genre. And he was like, yeah, that's like stuff I would do. And I'm thinking this is a hardcore rock band. So yeah, definitely I can see why they would, um, it would be a departure and why their fan base may shift a bit. I know you sort of alluded to that in the interview, but it didn't sound like they were all that concerned about it. Well, I think, you know, at that point he had reconciled with what they were doing. You know, he and I chatted, you know, we only had a window of a half hour to chat and we spent a good, 
you know, 10 minutes of that before we ever pushed record, just kind of connecting with each other. And, um, you know, there, there, I, I, there was some backlash on Facebook where people were complaining, um, you guys have abandoned us, you know, what is this, your guys are this direction you're going, but, you know, I really appreciate the fact that as, as artists, they're like, man, we kind of want to pursue this other genre, um, because we think it's interesting. Um, and I'm, I'm, I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. I went back, if you listen to the interview folks, I know this is redundant, Mm -hmm. so I apologize, but, um, (laughs) I went back and I listened to a lot of the songs from like the, the previous two albums. And I definitely see the overlap and the similarities, but I also see very much how they departed from that. But it's just kind of crazy how we'll, um, how mad we get as consumers or fans of uh, an artist when they go a different direction as if somehow we, um, we have some ownership and, you know, it's because yeah. we're vested in them. And I get that, you know, if, you know, if Blue Rodeo came out with a funk album, I think that would weird me out. By the way, they did. Um, they did come out with a funk <laughs> album. I just want everybody to understand that I'm aware they came out with a funk album. I enjoyed it because I'm a rabid fan. So let's just move. Go Canada. Yeah. <laughs> let's just move ahead. If somebody wants to buy me a present, my birthday's in late July. Um, just like the album, Five Days July. Just throwing that out there. Okay, anyway. But let's, but let's face it, Joe. Like, they record these things. So if you like the old stuff, then listen to it. I hated, I mean, hated Zuropa by YouTube. Oh yeah. Yeah. Lemon. I hated it. <laughs> I, I hope that it, it, it falls out of the archive system <laughs> Be, because I just don't care about yeah, it. Yes. Um, but you know what? I still love you too. I love what they're about and I love what they've done. It brings me back to a time and a place um yeah like music is definitely an emotional um roller coaster for some people um and i think that's okay to incite a different emotion and like you said in the interview they're going to get a different crowd listening to them just because of the genre change yeah and because like it, it really is the kind of song that maybe they didn't get ads in ccm radio before but they will now because they're, it literally sounded like, um, like you said, 80s pop um, with a new flair. And let's face it, modern worship right now is 80s pop again. There's nothing new under the sun. No. You know, it started with Digital Age and, um, you know, the, the whole keyboard... Uh, was it Hillsong Young and Free? That's right. Another example, which, which we have a two-minute music review of. Um, little plug there. Yeah. Um, it's all coming back. And now bands are coming back from the eighties. I mean, it's just, there's nothing new. Well, just <laughs> people are running out of ideas. As a reference, I, I just picked up Duran Duran's latest album, mostly because it was offered <laughs> free. Um, but oh, I, I, nice. I didn't even know they came out with one and then I got a notice in my inbox. Hey, if, if you're interested, Google is giving away the latest Duran Duran. I'm like, yeah, why not? Um, hey, yeah, but I, I, I listened to Duran Duran in the 80s. I'm also a hoarder, so the fact that you would offer me music from a band, I don't have to like them, I will just take the music. So, um, <laughs> I did you troll noise trade every day? No, I, you know what, that bugs me, but that's a completely different subject, you know. Um, all right, it's just you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, 
if it's a promotional thing and somebody's trying to share or whatever, it's like, okay, that's cool. Um, mm. but I don't know, you go on noise trade and somebody's like, Hey, you can download this album. Um, but it would be great if you would tip. I'm like, I feel obligated to tip at that point because, uh, yeah. you know, we're not dealing with like you two when they just gave the album away. Um and made people mad yeah, and and made people mad. Yeah, yeah exactly. How dare you give devaluing me something? the music industry? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know. Okay. We'll, we'll, we're over it. Um. <laughs> anyway. Well, speaking of music industry, um, we are talking to um another. Well, we're we're continuing our conversation, your conversation with Jody from our previous episode in this episode. So I don't know if that's much of a transition, but um. <laughs> well, speaking of you know, um, sort of post eighties pop, the, yeah, you, you know, go. A- Avalon from the nineties, uh, they were the pop sensation. And as he alluded to in the interview, they were shaped into that specifically yeah. as a band. They, they would be very happy just doing, you know, the barbershop, the four harmony, Southern gospel, um, you know, making hymns fun type of band. And they were turned into a, pop sensation even made to be more important than they generally were um, at the time you know and again that was the spin of the music industry in the 90s uh, where record labels still had a a huge stronghold Uh, nowadays you can do just as well from your basement so there's a lot more competition absolutely Um, but but jody definitely at the pinnacle He's, we're getting to the point in the interview where he's at the pinnacle of his career and it means nothing. And then what do you do when you've got, you know, Grammys and you've got awards, you've got Dove awards, you got people saying how much they think you're awesome. But if you can't pump them out every week, every year and be better and better and better. So again, it goes to show you that fame is not everything. And in the end, he would rather have not lived. And God's intervention and family and um, walking through, you know, depression and all these different aspects in his life to get him to the to the end of his, himself. And as we go into the next part of the interview, he comes out the other side and is able to share the hope um, that he was able to get the conversations he had and then sort of what God's been doing in his life since and where that's taken him in his musical journey and his personal journey. So let's dive right into part two of the interview with Jody McBrayer. Going back into the quote-unquote industry now, do you feel like you're more grounded now because you walked this journey? Oh, of course. I mean, I, look, I don't think that we ever arrive. And I think that that's the main thing that is kind of just where I am now. Like the foundation of where I am now is I, I just, please don't pretend like you've got it all together because I know you don't. That it's that, that's just my, you know, cause I know I don't have it all together and, and sure, maybe I'm a lot farther back in my journey than you are, but I just, you know, there are so many I have friends that work at mega churches. You know, all these friends of mine that used to be in the music industry are now taking music pastor positions and they work at these huge churches in the United States. Yeah. Some of them 10, 12,000 members and wow. you know, and they have this, you know, um, just this unrealistic code of ethics that they put on people and these unrealistic expectations of job descriptions and yeah. all these things that I'm like, 
are you kidding me? So it's like, there's no, you're not allowed to be human anymore in Christianity. It's Mm -hmm. like, if you make one mistake or you make one admission of depression or guilt or, you know, impropriety or anything, you're immediately written off as unworthy. And I'm sorry, you're no longer, you're no longer allowed to hold a position as leadership in this church. Bye-bye. Goodbye. And 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 it's like, the irony of that when the disciples were full of problems. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Look at the people that Christ, I mean, David had a man killed so he could sleep with his wife for yeah. Pete's sake. Yeah. And God called him a man after his own heart. I mean, I just, I don't, I'm not going to buy it anymore with people. And mm-hmm. I don't mean that to be rude or cynical. It's not cynical. I will love you until the day you die. Mm-hmm. I am a loving person, but please don't pretend like you've got it all together with me because I know ultimately when the doors are shut and nobody's around, you don't have it all together yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. You know, that's where that's where Jesus meets us in the place where we don't have it together. And he brings those pieces together. Amen. But but I just I can't I can't live that way anymore. I can't pretend. And that's part of what I did with Avalon is we put on this glossy front. I put on this front of, hey, I'm Mr. I've got it all together. Mr. I can sing a song and Mm. Mr. Super Christian. And it just was not the case at all. And it's not the case now. The only difference is I recognize it in myself and I'm striving to be better. Yeah, I would say um, an artist that comes to mind with that sort of same mantra, you know, use the same term you did, is uh, sure. Rich, Rich Mullins. Yes, yeah, I, absolutely. I would the ragamuffin e- gospel, brother. Yeah, I'd almost <laughs> equate to what you just described in your journey as his journey. I, I we, we talked to the guy who, who put that film together and um, the movie Ragamuffin, uh, which yeah. is what I would say is a true depiction of rich mullins journey you know and it was yes. it was done in partnership with his brother which is good um uh, david leo schultz i believe is the guy we um we interviewed and um yeah so as you're talking i'm thinking about that film and he's talking about the alcohol abuse the the wanting to live up to standards the no i don't want to be a spin doctor i don't want to pump out that next great song for amy grant um you know and amy's great but again like you know, it's it's that whole industry sure. bubble, right? Yeah, it is. And the expectation in that industry, the expectation in anything. I, I think we say industry, but let's just go ahead and throw out ministry and say, you know, cause, because now I truly believe that 99% of the people that are in Christian music are in it for the ministry reasons. Mm-hmm. I, I believe they are. I mean, I've met most of them. I know most of them personally. I mean, Matthew West lives four blocks away from me. We've been friends with his family for years. Yeah. And I know Matthew's heart. Yeah. He's not perfect, but he's a great dad. He's a great husband. And his desire is to use his music to encourage people. Mm-hmm. I know that. Having said that, you know, in music ministry or in church ministry or whatever ministry you find yourself in, there is this pressure of perfection and performance. And I just, I don't understand that. It's like, no wonder people are leaving the churches in droves because they just can't live up to what the church expects them to be. It's not possible. If it were possible, then there'd be no need for the blood. There well, would have yeah. been no need for that sacrifice. Yeah, and, and do we truly understand God's grace? Exactly. Well, yeah, and and now I mean, obviously there is there is an extreme to mm. God's grace too. I mean, we can't depend on grace you know, to cover us. And that means it's a license to do whatever we want. Obviously God has called us to try to live a life of holiness and to be like him. Mm -hmm. But I, but he's also omnipotent and all knowing he knew that wasn't going to happen. And so he knew he had to send a sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. So more the sanctification of it all, where we have to desire to want to do better and to be better. And we're called to do that, but we're also called to do that in community 
and which is the importance of the local church. Um, but I would say what, what you're saying is, do we know how to act as a church, you know, with these expectations, um, you know, talking about your artist friends, I mean, I feel for them, um, when you get into large church scenarios where it becomes more business than ministry, that's tough. Yes. Yeah, it is. And, and I, they can't help that. I mean, it's nobody's, I don't even know that you can blame the pastor. You can't blame, to be honest, it just becomes a monster. You know, it happens so quickly and it becomes a monster. And, and once it does, then it's easy, it's easy to feed that monster and forget what, what the purpose of it all is. Yeah. And and I, I, I mean, I did, I fed that Avalon monster for 12 years yeah. and I forgot what the purpose was. I'm not sure I understood it when I went into it. I just wanted a record deal and I wanted to sing. Yeah. And I don't know that I understood completely why I was even there, but <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't, yeah. you know, um, but now it, there, there's a lot of things I still don't understand. I don't understand grace completely. I don't understand why God would choose to love me, mm-hmm. why he would choose to pour out blessing on me because I know how filthy I am and just how, how flawed I am. And yeah. I know the mistakes that I make and, um, I don't make the same mistakes that I used to. I just make a different set yeah. of mistakes, Exactly. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, yeah. I've learned some lessons and I've changed how I act, but you know, I think all of us, you know, I heard a pastor say one time when I was a little kid and I never understood it before. And then I've heard the expression since, but I heard him say that the, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Mm, yeah. And at the end of the day, when, you know, we're all in heaven standing before God and God looks at you and says, Dan, let's look at everything that you did wrong. Mm. And he flashes it before everybody. I guarantee you that most people aren't going to be worried about, oh, oh look what, Dan, because they're going to be sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, I'm next. I'm next. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You totally. know, and, but the great thing about that is, is that's not where it ends. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, yeah, you did all this, but yeah. You trusted me. Yeah. You loved me. And in your heart, you tried desperately to be more like me. Yeah. And for that, welcome home. You know, and yeah. that's that's where I am right now. I'm just like, I want to tell people, look, I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you've done. You know, you've got to repent for it. You've got to pay the consequences for it because that's not going to change. Yeah. But you can still have an abundant life in Christ, Amen. you know, regardless of what the first whatever church of whatever might say, or, you know, that's not Jesus to me. Yeah, yeah. And I, I believe that with the core of who I am. I really do. Man, I, I could keep talking to you for a long time, but I, I, I want <laughs> to value your time and, and your, your family. Um, I just want to ask you a, a couple more things. Um, sure, sure. Sidewalk Prophets wrote When We Look Back on the new yes. album. How did that come about? Well, you know, I, to be honest, I didn't even know they wrote it until after I recorded it. And uh, I, <laughs> the song was presented to me, um, you know, as the song that they thought would be great for the record. And when they give you the songs for your record, when they contribute, yeah. you don't know who wrote them. Like, I don't, you know, there's no names attached to them. And that's for good reason, because you don't want, you don't want to, if it's a friend of yours, which I knew a lot of people, yeah. I didn't want to feel compelled to like something because it was written by a friend or, a, you know, a loved one or something. And so I didn't know they wrote it until afterwards. And then um, once the the record was finished and stuff, I got a text message from um, one of them and they just said, thank you so much for recording the song mm, and yeah. we're honored. And, and it, it's, it has ended up being probably one of my favorite, probably top three yeah. favorite songs on the record. I love it. Yeah. And, um, I love what it says because it's again where I am right now. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I don't 
I don't expect God to say, you did awesome. What a great job. You were perfect. He's not going to say that, but he's going to be like, you know, you gave it all up to just give people a glimpse of who I was. And, you know, and that's what I want to do. No, that's awesome. And, and honestly, having listened to the album, um, it does sound like who I would, I would hope you would be. I think it does. It plays, <laughs> well, it plays to your, cause I'm, I'm critical by nature. I listen to a lot of music. Yeah, um, I am too. And, I am too. And honestly, I was pleasantly surprised that you tackled the genre that, um, lends itself to your voice. Um, honestly, there's a couple that I could hear choirs sing, um, you know, cantatas sing, like you name mm-hmm. it. But there was also rock gospel in there, which was resonates with me. Um, you know, so it's well done. But I didn't find you compromised to meet the industry is what I'm getting at. Um, uh, okay. you, you weren't trying to specifically be CCM or a certain genre. It was definitely your character. That's yeah. what it sounded like to me. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I... You know, I don't even know that I thought about Comper. I don't, I don't even know that it crossed my mind anymore. I just I just picked a grouping of songs, like I said, that yeah. communicated my heart. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, there are a couple of things. I think when you're finished with a record, you always go back and go, boy, I, I wish I would have done this. Like, uh, for specifically the song God is in Control that I did with Melissa Green, who was in Avalon with me, yes. um, the duet. I, I think hindsight, sorry, an ambulance is passing no, by right fine. now. So, yeah. sorry about that. Um, the dramatic hindsight, effect. Yes, I know. <laughs> Being 2020, obviously, I think I would have gone back and done that more acoustic, probably more scaled back, not the orchestra, not the big production of it. Right. Because the reason why I wanted to record that song is because the lyrics to that song have always, always from, and I didn't, I wasn't in truth when that was recorded. I, it was a group before me. Right. But, um, it always communicated that to me. So I feel like maybe some of that got lost in translation. So that sort of makes me sad. Yeah, and there yeah. are a couple of other things, but for the most part, I, I'm, I'm very, very happy with how it communicates my heart. Mm, okay. So I appreciate you saying that. That's very nice. <laughs> no, that's good. And, um, obviously it just came out. So it, it's probably available in Christian, um, record and bookstores. I don't even know if you call them record stores these days, but, um, they'd be in Christian bookstores and online as well. Um, I was able to grab yes. it off Rhapsody, uh, which is a subscription service, which could be a whole other conversation because you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I pay nine ninety nine a month for this thing, and and you're not getting nine ninety nine. Um, no. But I listen to a lot of music, so it would cost me a fortune to to download every artist every single time. Um, but usually, what we say on frequency is, if we like an artist, we pay for it anyways. <laughs> so. Yeah. So well, go. that's true. And and I don't, you know, that's part of part of what the nightmare was when I was in Avalon because, you know, 2003, 2004, that's when everybody started downloading music and they stopped buying CD. Mm-hmm. And the Christian music industry didn't know how to deal with it. They I I don't I still don't think they know how to deal with it. Yeah. Um that is because they're not, you know, they're uh they're not signing as many artists and they're not spending as much money, but right. you know, ultimately at the end of the day, yeah, like you said, that's a whole other topic of conversation, but I'm, yeah. I'm just grateful that people can get their hands on the music at this point. Cause yeah. I'm really not in this to make money. Right. You know, it, it would be nice to help pay my bills and I've got a kid in private school. I got to pay for it, but yeah. <laughs> yes. you know, I mean, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's just to make sure that people understand my heart and um, I feel like I have something important that I need to say. And yeah. So, yeah. And you said like the ministry is the focus and, uh, Honestly, when people love you and they, they love your music, they are going to pay for it. They are going to come out and, and support you. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, there will be I do. opportunities. I pay, 
stuff I love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and um, did you ever consider, um, like, you're, you're obviously with a label for this release as well, correct? Yes. Yeah, so, um, you know, you're, although you sort of act a bit like an independent artist in a sense, um, like you can, you go out and you sing at events and you do things like that, um, but, but you're under a label, so there's a little bit less pressure on you. Um, was there ever any thought of, about crowdfunding to see, you know, you know where people were at as far as uh, like a fan base, or did that even need to apply? Well, you know, here, it's interesting because I did do an Indiegogo campaign, um, and it, I, I only I had a I had a pretty lofty goal. I wanted to make two records with it, and I ended up only raising about eight thousand okay. dollars. And so, but but here's the thing: I was I had been working at a you know at a corporate you know I've been doing corporate America for eight years at that point. Or seven years at that point, and um, you know I had like 550 followers on Facebook. That like yeah. I hadn't done any kind of social media. I really kind of went dark yeah. for a few years, and so I just didn't. People didn't know. They didn't know who I. They didn't know I was out there. They didn't know I was doing anything. You know, so it just was not. It was bad timing on my part. Um, but I. But I. I did use that 8,000, and I made. I did a a Christmas. I did a Christmas single, right. and re- and released that, and then I did. Um, I did do a little Christmas EP last year too, and used part of those funds for that as well. Yeah, that was this, uh, Christmas time, was it? Yes, yeah. Christmas time came out last year, and that's going to be a full a full fledged release uh, this Christmas. It's going to add. We're going to add six more songs to it. Oh, but, that's great. My wife loves uh, Christmas, so. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I, you know, I've always wanted to make a jazz record, like a, a true, you know, upright bass. Get, you know, a jazz trio sort of thing, yeah. and the only time you can really do that in Christian music is at Christmas. You can't really do that any other time. So <laughs> right. that was a dream come true for me. Oh, that's great! Yeah, but I do. I, I am with Stowtown Records, and um, Provident distributes my my product. Right. So, like, it's hard because I don't know that. I know it's in like Lifeway stores here in the states, and I know it's in Family Christian stores. It's not target or walmart i don't know it may be in walmart but um but it's available like amazon and itunes and all that stuff too so if people want to go download it that's that's probably the preferred method i know a lot of people who actually ordered the hard copy from amazon so yeah well there is something to be said for having a hard copy i mean i missed the vinyl just because of the booklets Um, yeah you know i'm not a big vinyl guy but i loved having like the story like learning about the lyrics and and photos and stuff oh yeah you know the whole journey of like when you when you love a band and you can dive right into it um so but i'm i'm so glad that i got to connect with you i know you know i appreciate the fact that you're actually the most responsive artist i've ever talked to on facebook (laughs) oh really (laughs) because you actually respond it's a big deal. I mean, Facebook is the only way that I really have to connect with people, you know, and when you're trying to do something grassroots, I mean, you just have to be active like that. So I try to, if somebody says a comment about my record, I mean, I can't thank everybody, but I try to say thank you. Mm-hmm. And I try to, you know, and it is sincere. I don't want people to think I'm just kind of blowing smoke. It really is my honest heart when I, anytime anybody says anything nice, I, I'm just humbled by it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that so much. Um, yeah. So I want to congratulate you for, for having the release. And I think it was bold to come back um, and to, to have the exuberance that you do after this, um, you know, sort of quote unquote time away. Um, but it sounds like in your headspace, you can just enjoy the journey now and enjoy the music. Yeah, uh, that's absolutely true. I mean, I'm just, you know, I don't know what tomorrow has in store, I, and I'm sort of taking it one day at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, 
just my heart is willing to go wherever God wants it to go. And that's a, that's a big deal for me. I don't know that I've ever been in that place before, but right. now I'm just like, okay, God, whatever you have. And, you know, I'm doing this trio too, uh, this, tr- this new trio called Cana's Voice, which is a little bit more on the Southern gospel field, even though it's probably contemporary Southern gospel. Yeah. Um, but a girl named Taranda Green and a guy named Doug Anderson. Taranda was, has been singing in Southern Gospel her whole life. She was with a group called The Greens, and then she does a lot of stuff with Brooklyn Tab and a bunch of different things. And oh, then wow. Doug was with Ernie Haas and Signature Sound. Yeah. And um, so the three of us met and decided to start this trio, and we just finished our record um, that comes out in May. So there's a lot going on, a lot of opportunities for me that I just did not see happening, mm. you know, even – 12 months ago yeah. it's it's just come to fruition so quickly so i'm just trying to play catch up a little bit but i'm also just trying to sit back and enjoy it and and go wherever god has me and um yeah we'll see well and you, just, you just out. gave me a reason to call you back now to talk about your yeah <laughs> absolutely well, and i seriously where you live i mean where you're where you I, i've i love that part of the country i love you know getting up there and um i i never um I never get up there. It's, yeah. I mean, we used to go to Portland, Maine every once in a while with Avalon, but yeah. that's as far north as I would go. So I would love to to come up there and enjoy some of the beauty that you're, wow. you're part of Canada. Or, or is it Canada? It it's is still Canada, considered? yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Honestly, you're more than welcome to come. We have the space. You don't even have to rent a place. We'll uh, we'll give you the the guided tour. It's not that big. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I I just, you just it, look. I'm a water person. Like for me, I went on a cruise two weeks ago, which was it was a music cruise. So I was working, but um, I literally sat in my room and stared out the balcony at the water most of the days, and mm. I didn't, you know, I just. For me, that's perspective. That's God. Yeah. You know, I see God's hand in that. And so put me on the edge of a cliff and let me stare out at the water and <laughs> and me and Jesus still have coffee. <laughs> well, honestly, uh, I mean, I guess you would be a little jealous because my home is in the rolling hills of PEI and I'm 10 minutes from the ocean. So, oh, gosh. Yeah. So yeah. Um, if that's any way to entice you, bring your family. Uh, we'll make a go of it for sure. And, I, and I'm not yeah. just saying that, uh, honestly. Um, there's been a few opportunities where um, people that have I've connected to even just through social media in Atlanta have have you know made plans to come up here um, because they they wouldn't normally be able to afford to bring their family but they can just park themselves in our guest room and then go for the day um, so we we want to um, allow that opportunity for people so anyway well, I appreciate that so much Dan yeah. and you got you just very kind and I appreciate what you're doing to, to bring a spotlight to to people like us who maybe more independent type artists people who are um, just trying to do what God has called them to. I it just I'm very grateful no, thanks for your time no, and I thank you for being a part of the podcast I'm so glad we finally got to connect and talk and thanks for sharing your heart with us um, that's really what matters in the end and I hope that we can talk again soon. I do too. Thanks for your time. It was awesome. And I look forward to actually meeting you in person. Well, there we have it, Joe. There's the uh, second part of the interview um, again, it was a great conversation. I loved uh, to hear Jody's heart. The The biggest thing I took away from that conversation specifically was how blunt Jody was. Yeah, You could tell he was at the point where it really doesn't matter what the industry thinks anymore. 
it doesn't matter what uh, the fans think generally. I mean, he loves them. He even said he tries to comment on everything that people post in social media because that's really the only connection you can have to the fans. Um, and it's so quick and ready. Um, it can be intimidating, but, um, you know, even, uh, after the interview, he's, you know, on tour buses with Mark Lowry for Mark Lowry and Mark Lowry has tons and tons of, um, he's, he's like a techno, he's bored all the time. He's got ADD. He's, he's always on the, I can relate. And he's on, (laughs) yeah, he's on, he's on Periscope, um, you know, videotaping, singing, and they're doing it impromptu and they sound great. Um, they're with his new band who's opening for Mark Lowry. And if you don't know who Mark Lowry is, um, cause surprisingly, I've got a lot of friends here in Prince Edward Island that don't have a clue who Mark Lowry is, which shocks me. Right. But, um, but he's one of the, uh, founding members of the Gaither vocal band, who is also a, a well-known Christian comedian from the nineties. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he has taken this band, including Jody, under their wing, under his wing, and um, you know, is giving him a place to sing again after a long journey and a long battle with himself, and then getting back into the music industry. So, it was again, it was a raw interview. I loved his heart. I loved the fact that he um, just told it like it was and uh he's more than willing to come back and share with us again so i look forward to another conversation uh, as he gets into his other projects yeah i'd say it was definitely refreshing to hear um how just um authentic bluntly honest he was in the conversation and i think it's really helpful for people who are listening uh, if you're an artist um to to understand um, that there's a lot of work in there when you choose to go the professional route and, um, as, as much freedom as it seems like, uh, th- that one can find in that, um, being independent is great, but you're not necessarily independent. You're, you're, you're serving God, you're, but you're also working for your family. You may be working for a label and, um, mm. it really does test how much you love what you're doing. I really, so I really appreciate that, um, about the interview with him. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we joked, I can't remember if we kept it in the interview or not talking about his time with Benny Hinn and, and, um, the one time where he was sort of pantsed, if you want to call it that on stage by Benny and, um, just how it's all over YouTube. Um, it's funny because he, he he holds no shame about being involved in that ministry and there's friends and he learned a lot but i don't think it it you know i don't think he was necessary he was trying to feed his family like you said yeah. and you know and he i would say uh is very comfortable in more charismatic circles without being a charismatic if that makes any sense i, I understand yep absolutely uh, yeah like for example i think one of the I think he shared that he likes Bethel music. Yes. And Bethel music is is good. It's definitely not the repetitive stuff you get from Hillsong, but it is a very charismatic um environment. It's it's very much into into that realm, which would not be my comfort zone, but that, you know, good music is coming out of there and he resonates with that. But it's interesting to hear that as a singer who leans toward Southern gospel 
which ironically is very conservative. So right. it's fun. It's funny how all these sort of paradoxes, but that's because he loves music. Yes. And he, he worships the Lord and, um, he doesn't allow opinion about style or people or where they come from to sort of get in the way. So no, he's, he's definitely a dynamic individual. The other thing was he's just real, like literally having a conversation with his daughter in the car and, you know, pressing the wrong button on his phone and yeah. just, he, it, there, there was no pretentiousness with him. So I really appreciated that as somebody, you know, when you walk into an interview, you never know what you're going to get. And I definitely got just a guy who wanted to have a fun conversation about and talk real about music. So, yeah. Well, let's, uh, let me tell you, tell folks what's coming up, uh, next. Um, I just finished the edit. Um, gosh, I guess it was yesterday. I just finished my edit of an interview with Catherine Scott. It was one that I conducted at CMS uh, Northwest, but, um, it's, it's one of the few that I have left from CMS Northwest, but this one is kind of a special one for me because, um, it's very much focused on um, on her upbringing in Northern Ireland and how um, the political situation uh, landscape there, um, how she grew up in that, you know, the fear that's there, but then how her parents kind of uh, encouraged her to be accepting of all people, uh, regardless of um, whether they shared the same doctrine. It was it's a, a, one of my probably one of my favorite interviews. It's something I, one I was really looking forward to. We thought. We had lost it, but uh, it turns out that most of the interview stayed intact. So um, we'll be sharing that early next week. And uh, so I hope you tune in for that as well. Again, something I, I really enjoyed, um, some great insight into the heart of a worship leader, um, singer, songwriter, just a lovely person, frankly. Hmm, yeah. Well, and uh, before we close out, um, just so everyone's aware, I will likely be a little bit more active on our social media as I'm traveling. I'll be traveling to Louisville, Kentucky in the middle of April uh, for the T4G conference. So I'll try to represent us there. And represent. Uh, hopefully I can have, yeah, hopefully I can have some conversations with people while we're down there and I'll try to share them as quickly as I can. And um, yeah, it'll be a fun time. I'm going down there as a pastor from a church, but you know, I, I also wear the frequency hat. So if I think a conversation can be had, I'll make sure to share it. Cool. I love it. I love it. Especially when um, you do the interviews, because then I get to play the lazy man. Bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is funny how we've sort of reversed roles in some senses. Joe being the audio editor now, and uh, and I haven't done hardly any of it. You've done a lot of that work, so I appreciate it. And um, as we always say, we... We love hearing from people. Please connect with us on social media. And Facebook and Twitter seem to be the mainstays. Yep. Uh, we, we do have an Instagram account, which we try to keep up with. Um, we, have, we are on SoundCloud as professionals, so you can find us there, subscribe, listen to us there. And, um, you know, you know you can get our audio from there at any time. And they have their own app, so you don't have to go to our website specifically to get the podcast or iTunes, as always. And I think the Tuned In Network, and I think there's one more, Joe. I can't remember. Uh, Stitcher's um, out there. Yeah, Stitcher. That's the other one I was thinking of. And, uh, yeah, so we love to hear from you. Rate us if you can. It helps more people listen. And um, we hope you will catch up with us again soon. God bless, guys. Hope you had a great Easter. I'm going to eat pizza. <laughs> Don't rub it in, Joe. <laughs> <laughs>